you can. And unpause. We are back. Jesus has brought me back <laughs> from, <laughs> from having a big break. I had a big break. I'm sorry, guys, if you missed teaching night. Um, I was in pain. That's why I couldn't do teaching night. Pain is very, very powerful. Um, it was so powerful to me that I could not possibly conceive of the thought of doing another teaching night. It brought me so much anxiety. And you know how easily I did it before. It was so, I was just cruising. All of a sudden, pain comes in, pain comes into my life, and I, the whole bottom of my life just falls out. Anyone experience anything like that? Where it's just like, man, yeah, Jenny, you have. <laughs> well, I think probably a lot of us have. Um, so a brief history of teaching night 1.0. This is 2.0, new and improved. Um, under Harvest Time Church, which is better in my opinion. I'll explain more about that in a second. Um, teaching night was this idea that God put into my heart in 2016. And I said, oh, I don't know about that for a while. Like, I don't really want to do that. It's kind of like, who am I to start a teaching night? I kind of put it off for about six months. And then Kathy Faulkner, she's a, she's a legend. She goes, how about you just start it? How about you just start the, the teaching night? And I was like, all right. <laughs> she kind of just gave me another option. And so she was like, you can come do it at my house. So we went to her house and it was awesome. And we uh, spoke about Jesus and we had this building process. You guys remember the building process from teaching night? Starting with truth, then going to faith, then going to hope, and then going to love and all these other things. And I don't, I don't really know where we ended up, but we ended up somewhere. Um, so this teaching night is going to be different to that. I have it on my heart this time to do things a bit better because last time I kind of feel like I went topic, 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 topic. Do you get it? And everyone's like, I don't know. Like, can you just give me like six months to process that? <laughs> and it's like, fair enough. So I'm going to go real slow this time. Really, really slow. Not going to overwhelm anyone. In fact, what I want to do is take like four or five weeks on one topic. Just spread it out. Do a month. Do a month in, um, who said that? Thanks, Jenny. That was awesome. Um, sometimes I don't know where the sound comes from. I'm just like, what? <laughs> um, forgive me for that. Um, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, so I was in pain, guys. Spiritual pain. I'll talk more about it in a little bit. Um, it wasn't good. It, 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 it overwhelmed me. Um, to be honest, it kind of blinded me. Like, not physically, but spiritually. kind of blinded me. I had no idea what was going on. And it made me go into survival mode. Um, and if you find yourself in survival mode, you probably should not be doing ministry. So I stopped doing my ministry because I needed to heal. Um, now, what was my pain? I'm sure you're all curious or maybe not. Um, <laughs> um, so last time, the first time I did uh, teaching night, the first night, I told my story. So that's what I'm going to do again tonight because maybe some of you guys don't even know me never before. That's totally fine. I'm going to tell you my story. And then I'm going to tell you what I went through and how I got back to being on this seat again, kind of. Um, yeah, cool. So I think there's a lot of people that are in this current season of life. There's a lot of people that are in pain. There's a lot of people in this room that are in pain, going through deep, deep trials. Um, it's not good. But as I explain my story, I think it'll help you understand that I kind of get it like I don't know your exact story and of course I can never like relate to your exact story it's literally impossible because you're you and I'm me um, but I do understand what it's like to be lost and directionless 
even after feeling like I was totally found and totally on the right track and totally, like I had the best two years of my life when I did t teaching night two years ago, whatever it was. Best two years of my life, unbelievable. And then all of a sudden, gone. That's difficult to process, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, anyway, um, yeah, because what happens is if you go through a really good season and then you start going through a bad season, your past now condemns you. Hey, you used to be like this. What happened? You used to be awesome. You used to be full of joy. What happened? Where's your peace gone? You've lost it. You've done something wrong. You're less than. You never had it. It's all in your head. That's the sort of stuff that came into me. Um, it's not good. So I'll just tell you a quick brief story about my life, just in case you don't know. Um, basically, grew up in a Christian home. Mom and dad loved Jesus. Um, you can go listen to my whole story and teach night number one if you want. This is just a, a recap. Um, but basically, Jesus changed my life in 2015. Like crazy, like Holy Spirit just became real. Life just changed forever. It was so amazing. And then teaching night started and it was just good. It was just fruitful. Lots of people had their life changed. They were impacted by it. And it was great. I didn't actually feel like I had to put that much effort into it either. It was a bit of effort. But to be honest, it was mostly just me. I would get up here, I'd speak, and then God would just take over and just do it all. And I'd be like, I was almost just chilling for the ride. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but the thing is, I could not sustain it. So I started good. I kept it good for about 10 months, but I could not sustain it. So if you cannot sustain it, that's called a bad thing. <laughs> you want to be able to sustain the things in your life for them to be at the level that they should be at. Like if you cannot sustain a relationship, it's not a good thing. You need to figure out why you cannot sustain a relationship and then go back and try again. So last time I could not sustain teaching though because I believed lies and I'll talk more about it in a second. Um, but this time I will sustain it better and this is why. Last time teaching night revolved around me. It was Nathan's thing. If Nathan showed up, it was on. If Nathan did not show up, it was off. So very fragile ministry model, <laughs> completely relying on me. Um, that's why I'm not doing it like that this time. I'm doing it with Jules and Holly and Harvest Time Church. I approached them because I said, what I did last time was not good. Help me fix my problem. And if you guys don't know Jules and Holly, they are freaking amazing. And that's why I believe in Jules and Holly. I believe in their vision. I believe in this church. I believe in the direction that it's going in. They just love family. They just love God and family. That's what this church wants to be creating. That's what I want. That's what they want. There is coherence. It is good. So this, this is not Nath's teaching night anymore. Does that make sense? If I don't show up, God will just find someone else because it's not mine. It's kind of a little bit like uh, a job offer being put out there by a company. I'm not, I'm not working, I'm not getting paid, don't worry about that, <laughs> it's all free. Um, and me doing the job, if, if I can't do the job, someone else will just come and do the job. This is not my show, this is the harvest time. This is God's show actually, not harvest time. Um, yeah, Jesus. So because, because this dynamic is new, me sitting underneath uh, Harvest Time Church and all that sort of stuff, it might take me a little bit of time to figure out exactly how this works and get back into the group of things, but we just learn. We just go and we just learn and we figure it out as we go, yeah? Um, yeah, Jesus. Um, okay, first of all, 
I want to apologize for a couple of things that I taught in teaching night number one. Not that I have regrets, because I just did my best at the time with what I had, but some things I believed differently then, I don't actually believe anymore now. Um, we just need to correct our mistakes as we go. Does that make sense? You can get it wrong. I don't think God's up in heaven mad at me going, I can't believe he said that. <sighs> I did my best with what I could. He knows that. I believed and trusted him the best that I could. It's covered, in my opinion. I still have to give an account for the words I say, so I'm going to correct my mistakes. Um, you will hear in previous Teaching Night recordings that my emphasis on faith is super, super strong. It's like, in my opinion, looking back on it now, it's too strong. It was like kind of everything. If you didn't have faith, you were screwed. If you had faith, you, you're all right. You can get, you can get through it. Um, I don't believe in that anymore because I actually turned faith into works and I started to work with my faith. God, I'm believing. God, I'm believing. Give me what I want. Show me the kingdom of heaven. Where's my payment? I'm working, God. Why haven't you paid me? Um, and what that does is it makes you get very bitter at God. Because if you worked for six months at a job site and you didn't get paid, how are you going to view your employer? <laughs> You're going to be pretty pissed off. <laughs> um, so I just think that I went too far with that. And so I'm sorry. If that messed anyone up a little bit, I do apologize for that. That was not cool. Um, I think I have a bit more of a balance now with it, but I'm, I'm sure I'll teach on that later at some point. Um, yes, Jesus. Um, and also, I feel like I was a little bit too emphas emphasizing. Is that a word? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that even grammatically work? I don't know. Um, I was emphasizing too much. That's it. I was emphasizing too much this victory in Jesus, which is true. Don't worry. I'm not saying I don't believe that anymore. Of course I do. But without preaching alongside it, the reality of suffering in the world. I don't think I went... Uh, balance that very well because if you look through the New Testament pretty much every time that someone preaches the gospel they preach suffering as pretty much a requirement alongside of it and it's kind of like oh did you really have to put that part in there couldn't you just and it's like no no, no he, they did it's, it, life's hard it is and I'm sorry if people weren't equipped with the framework to be able to deal with the hardness of life because li life is freaking tough let's just be honest um, yeah so I'm sorry about that, but we, we, we learn, we move on, and that's what we do. Now, you may also notice that there is a blackboard behind me, uh, blackboard slash whiteboards. I don't really know what this is actually, or what you call it. <laughs> um, but I asked Jules to get it for me, and he did, he's a legend. Um, not for me, for the church actually. Um, because I want to actually draw this time as I teach, because I think drawing is really cool. Helps you, um, thanks Jenny. Um, it helps you remember the concept because you can put an image to it and a color to it. Does that make sense? So I'm all about that. Whatever helps people remember things. Um, so I'm going to do my first drawing right now. Um, but I don't really know how to draw. So I'm just going to get better at this as I go. But I'm just doing, I'm drawing by faith at the moment. So yeah, let's, let's just do that. Did I ever tell you guys a story about Jimmy? Did I ever tell that story? Okay, so this is Jimmy. Yes, yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't draw at all. Um, cheers. Jay for Jimmy, yeah? He's, he's, uh, Jimmy is 16. So Jimmy, um, Jimmy grew up in a bad family. Um, he was not instructed well. He was not uh, cared for and looked after as he should. Just, just bad times, right? Jimmy is 16, right? Jimmy, 
Let me switch colors because I can do that now. How cool is this? Um, Jimmy one day wakes up and he finds that he has this. Oh no, come on. I should have prepared this in advance. Dang. It's good after. <laughs> yeah, true. I'll use the purple one. Pink is more realistic because it's a skin issue, but whatever. Um, Jimmy wakes up, oh, there we go, and he has <laughs> this hectic rash all over his body, right? Jimmy freaks out. He goes and asks his mom. His mom is off doing something else, doesn't really have any clue, doesn't really care. His dad is the same thing and Jimmy is freaking out. It's hectic, it's all over his body, right? It's itchy, it's hectic. Um, Jimmy starts to think that he's dying. Jimmy, is <laughs> he thinks that he's dying, he thinks it's all over, he feels like his body is shutting down. He is like, what is going on? I have a disease, I'm, I'm a, I've got leprosy, I've got something crazy, right? And Jimmy starts to go down and down and down in himself, just spiritually, emotionally, just like, what is my life? What the heck is going on? And Jimmy finally speaks to someone and says, hey, just go to the doctor. Go to, go to the doctor and ask them what's going on. Jimmy is freaking out. He thinks that he's gonna go in there and, and get the report that he's got cancer, he's got leprosy, he's got something hectic, right? The doctor, looks, um, he finally sees the doctor, the doctor looks him up and down and goes, oh, you're fine. Just chicken pox. Welcome, guys. <laughs> Guard dog. Love it. Um, the doctor goes, it's just chicken pox. Just relax. He goes, chicken what? His mom never told him. And, and the doctor goes, it's chicken pox. Everyone gets it. It looks freaking hectic when you get it. It's itchy as anything. But everyone gets it and you'll be fine. And Jimmy just settles. That's the story. Um, it's actually not a real story, I just made it up on the spot. How, I bet you didn't see that coming. <laughs> no, you did. Um, so I'll come back to Jimmy in a little bit. I'll just leave Jimmy hanging up there for a little while, yeah? Alright, now... <laughs> I'll get better at this, I promise. Um, I don't know why I made him go like this. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry people in the recording that you can't see it, it's pretty poorly drawn anyway. Um, anyway, so, let's get into this tonight. I believe that there are two groups of people in this room and on this recording tonight. And I want you to try and figure out which group you are in and then just mentally go, cool, I'm that group, cool, I'm that group, right? Group number one, you're feeling pretty good. You're feeling pretty good. You're feeling pretty good spiritually. Everything's not perfect, but you're just, you're just cruising. You're with God, things are good, nothing to really complain about. You are going, you're pretty happy. You're pretty happy right now. So if you're in group number one, just go, yeah. I'm group number one. Nothing's too bad right now. I'm group number one. Um, and if you're in that group, praise God. <laughs> that is awesome. I am stoked you're in that group. Um, that's a good place to be. Um, there's nothing wrong with being okay and being good and being happy and being joyful and being... That's actually what we're all going for, to be honest. <laughs> um, so don't feel bad about that. But what I want you to do is just say, cool, I'm in group number one. And tonight, I would like it if you prayed, just commit yourself to praying through the night for the people in group number two. Um, because group number two, the rest of you, you are not okay. <laughs> you are not in a good season. 
you were in a very hard season. Um, you know if I'm talking about you. you, you you'll know straight away. Um, you'll feel it. You, there's a heaviness that you're carrying right now. There's a big burden that you're carrying right now. Um, and it doesn't matter if you think it's no big deal or you wouldn't struggle with this, Nath, or whatever. If it's a big deal to you, then it's a big deal. That makes sense? If anything's hurting and overwhelming at the moment, you're in group number two. And that's, that's okay too, being group number two. Now, people in group number one, please pray for the people in group number two just throughout the night, just as you go, right? Because one day you might be in group number two and they could be in group number one. And I'm sure you'd appreciate if they prayed for you then. Um, Jesus. So yeah, if you're in group number two, just mentally, peacefully, emotionally, there's no uh, expectation on you tonight. You don't have to come up here and give your testimony, nothing like that. Just gently acknowledge, yeah, I'm in that group. It's, it's hard. Life's, life's hard right now. Um, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm anxious. I'm depressed. I'm whatever. Um, this talk tonight and over the next probably three weeks is for you. This is, this is for you, for group number two people. Um, you are who God had in mind when he gave me this topic. So he gave me this topic maybe two months ago. And he said, need to, talk, need to walk the people through trials. Nate. Lots of people are in very hard seasons right now. And you need to walk them through trials. So that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Because um, here's the thing. I don't want to go anywhere unless everyone can come with me. Does that make sense? Ohana means family, and family means no one gets left behind. Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> it's true. No one gets left behind. How is it family if half the people are frothing on Jesus and half are like, I'm barely holding it together? No, I don't want that. Either we all go or none of us go, yeah? That's family. Um, Jesus. Um, Some of you have been in a hard place for a few months, but some of you I know it's been years. It's just been hard. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. It's been hard. I know it's Jesus, like kingdom of God, all this stuff. It's great. It's there. It's real. It's, it's, it's available in the Bible. But for you, it's been hard. I just, wanted to, I just want you to realize it's okay to say, I'm in a hard place. I am struggling. You are allowed to say that. You are allowed to be in this room. You are allowed to come to this church if you're in that place. And if you're not, pray for those people. Um, yeah. So I don't, I really don't want anyone to feel left out in this talk. I don't want anyone to feel left out ever, but especially in this talk and at this church. Um, so your, your trial could be anything tonight. It could be a, a, a bunch of different things, but it could be really anything. So don't feel left out. Like it could, your trial could be physical. Your trial could be that you're just in pain, chronic pain every single day and it is driving you mad and you've been to doctor after doctor and nothing's helping and you try the natural health thing and that's not working and all these people laid their hands on you and that's not working. So now you're feeling hopeless and in pain. Great. <laughs> you tried every, every option. Um, yeah, or you could just, like this is for me at, at the moment, you could just be having little annoying things constantly go wrong with your body. Does anyone else relate to that? It's just like one after the other, little things just keep going wrong. That's so frustrating. Um, it's just draining. It's just hard. Um, your trial could be emotional. Um, you've just been sad. You've just been 
depressed. You've just been anxious and down and hopeless and maybe you know what's causing it, but then again, maybe you don't. Maybe you're just lost and it's manifesting in this deep, deep emotional pain. Um, you're confused and you're drained and you feel like you've got nothing else to give. You don't have the energy to hang out with people. You don't have the energy to talk about Jesus. When people say to you, go seek God, you go, oh, don't just say anything to me but that sentence. If I hear that sentence one more time, you're drained. You're emotionally drained. Um, you feel numb and you cannot for the life of you remember what it was like to feel happy or you cannot remember you know you've experienced God but you cannot remember at all what that feels like and you're starting to think did I make it all up is that just in my head maybe this whole thing's in my head where am I what am I going and it starts to get spiritual so your your trial could be spiritual um, and, and these sorts of trials, they usually end up with you just watching a lot of TV. That's usually how it manifests, to cope, to cope, because it helps you get out of here, because up here is the, is the war zone. You're like, just get me out, switch the TV on, and it just helps a little bit, helps relieve it temporarily. And it's just, everyone does it. It's just a band-aid, it doesn't actually help. But if that's all you got, then it's understandable that's where you're at. <laughs> um, yeah so it could also be spiritual you could just be feeling this is probably a little bit where i'm at tonight just feeling a bit lost and distant from god and just no explanation as to why just everyone else around you seems to be just like praying worshiping just like in it and you're just not that sucks um you seem to feel the presence of the enemies and the, lie, the lies of the enemies stronger than the presence of God, even though you put all this energy into being with God. You still feel the enemy whispering to you more and more and more. It's draining. Um, you don't want to come to church. You're not even sure if you like it anymore. The thoughts go through your head all the time of just leaving church for good and starting a new life without Christianity. Anyone been there? I've been there like a million times. I'm just going to break away and run away from everyone, start my own new life. No more Christianity, it doesn't work. <laughs> Jesus, you're not alone if you've thought that way, by the way. <laughs> Been there many times myself. Um, yeah, you're, you're finding it very difficult if you're in a spiritual trial to believe the good promises of God. You're finding it hard to believe that God is good in the first place, but you're especially struggling to believe that an actual good promise will come through for you. That is a tough place to be. Um, your experience of Christianity in this current season is that it actually produces more hurt and confusion than you think seems worth it. So you're like, is this even worth it? Is what I'm putting in giving me in return enough? Is it helping me get through it or is it just making it worse because it's adding this God element to it. Now I've got to try and figure out how he fits into this thing and ah, oh, Jesus, you feel super misunderstood and you're not sure about the vision for your life anymore. And um, yeah, you feel like everyone else in the room is not in the place that you're at. You're the only one there. No one else gets it. No one else has been here before. Can't believe I'm still keeping it together. It's okay. If you're in that space, it's okay. 
This is the perfect place you can be because it's safe. No one's pushing anything on you. You're just allowed to be here and just cruise and just be yourself. Remember I said at the beginning, just do you. Still keep doing that, please. Um, <laughs> um, another trial you could have, and I'm probably sure many of us have, is financial. Completely different side of things. But we live in one of the most expensive places in the world, so it's understandable. Um, every time you think you got just a little bit of money saved up, bam, it's gone. Anyone been there? <laughs> yeah, they got 200 bucks and it's gone. <laughs> Thanks, Sydney life. Um, <laughs> um, there's just always some unknown or forgotten expense that you've just completely forgotten about and just waxing, just like, ah, oh. <laughs> Jesus, I need money. Um, you feel overwhelmed and you feel like you've got things to pay for and you, and you can't see an end in sight where it's actually going to get through this. It's just continually, week after week, this, get my paycheck, it's gone. Get my paycheck, it's gone. That's frustrating. Um, it's frustrated you to the point where you don't actually enjoy work anymore and you feel like you just have to rock up there every day just to keep making ends meet. Um, you're sick of being poor, but you don't know what to do about it slash what you're doing wrong. That is a tricky place to be. I've seen people go through deep pain purely from finances. It is a big topic in life. Very, very, very big. Um, yeah, it's huge. Um, anyone who's been through a trial like that would know how big it is. Uh, or your trial could be relational. You've lost someone that you deeply love and you miss them dearly or you're just hurting because someone that you care about so deeply is going through something tragic that can be a trial for you as well because it hurts especially if you're a very empathetic person with a huge heart for people it is sometimes overwhelming to hear that someone else is going through something does that make sense you have permission to feel that if you if you feel that way tonight or in this season it's okay it's okay um you don't know what to do and prayer doesn't seem like it's working um, or you're feeling very alone right now and like you don't have any true friends. Anyone been there? I don't have any true friends. Who's got my actual back? Yeah? That is tough, man. True friends are hard to come by. Anyone found that? Real true friends. You know what I'm saying? Not just like I say hi to you at church because you know, you guys know it doesn't count, right? It does not count. You say the same thing to your bus driver when you get on the bus in the morning. <laughs> not, he's not your friend. <laughs> Probably. He might be. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Greg. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sorry, Greg, my bad. Um, there's always one, isn't there? <laughs> Jesus. Um, Jesus King. Um, yeah. Or you're feeling like a deep desire for marriage, like a deep, 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 you just really want to get married. You really want to have a romantic partner in your life and it just seems like it is nowhere near in sight. That is a tough place to be. It, there is so many aspects to relationships and love and marriage and romance and dating and not dating and how I do it with a Christ, Christian or non-Christian. What does this person's perspective say? What about kissing and, oh, it's hard. It's overwhelming, it's a big topic. Um, if you feel upset about that, that's okay. You're allowed to feel upset about that, but you need to process through that. That's where I'm leading everyone tonight. Process through that. Learn why you feel so upset about that. Learn why you can't seem to trust God when He says, I'll bring, I'll bring them to you at the right time. Learn why. It's okay. 
He already knows that you think that, so you may as well just talk to him about it. Um, you guys know what I'm saying? Uh, Jesus. So if it's a big deal for you, then it's a big deal for you. Does that make sense? Don't let anyone else's expectation of what a trial looks like impact your definition of a trial. If it hurts you, it's, it hurts you. <laughs> You're allowed to feel that. You don't have to go, but, but Jesus, victory, kingdom of God, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're hurting. You're hurting. You're, it's broken. Your system in your heart is broken. It is not working. And it is love for me to say that. Someone should have said that to me at times in my life because the answer was not Jesus, 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 just push, just push, just push. No, Nath, you're hurting. You don't like this about God. Why don't you go and talk to him about that? But no one did and it's not your fault, but we grow and we learn. Yeah, we just keep moving forward. But it's not working. <laughs> when it's not working, we fix it. That's how life needs to be. You cannot put a Band-Aid over the check engine light on your car. It'll still keep flashing. Yeah, but I can't see it, Nate. It's still there. And one day the engine will completely go and you won't be able to have a car anymore. So how about you go get it fixed now where you can still drive it before you crash? You guys know what I'm saying? The reason why I could not sustain teaching that is because I crashed. I'm getting there though. Jesus. Um, okay. God just wants to walk with you through this. Whatever, whatever you try, he just wants to walk with you through it. I don't, he could tonight, but he probably, or maybe he won't, just give you an answer tonight. I think he's just going to walk with you through it and just be okay with that. Things take time. <laughs> Remember that perseverance talk I did? Things take time. We want it now, 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 now. Faith, faith, faith. Go, go, go. Things take time. You need to do it properly. Let's set the foundations of our life properly. If you've gotten to a certain place in your life and now you're depressed and anxious, something was wrong. Something was wrong. So let's fix the thing that was wrong. <laughs> Does that make sense? It should, because it's very simple. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to tell my story now um, of where I've been over the past... It's almost been exactly one and a half years. How crazy is that? The last teaching night was... September 19th, 18th, 2017, and now it's like March 2019, so a year and a half. Um, about 11 months of that year and a half was just me pure healing, nothing else. No ministry, no, no nothing. Healing. Take time. It's all right. There's no rush. Remember, we're going to eternity, yeah? Is there a rush in eternity? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Just cruise, even if it takes you a couple of years to get through it, just cruise. Just a rush. How about you just get it right? <laughs> Doesn't everyone just want to get it right? I just want the real thing. I don't want to just fake it, you know? Faking it sucks. Um, yeah. Okay. Over the next few weeks, we're just going to slowly position our hearts into a place where God can meet us in our pain and begin walking us through it. If that makes sense. It, tonight is all about, if you're in pain, it is about a positioning of your heart. Just this slow, humble, deep, rich soil position of your heart. Whatever he says, just receive it. It could be something weird. And he, he will speak through me tonight as well. That's what he does. He likes to do that. 
Um, just position your heart to receive, whatever it is. Um, that's, that's all we're doing. Over the next three or four weeks, that's what we're going to do. Position the heart and heal. Proper healing. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't want to rush anything, but I want to actually truly help people get to the next stage of their lives in God while leaving no one behind. That's my heart for this for teaching night right now. Um, I do and say all of this because this is my big idea tonight. Big idea, my main thing tonight is do not be surprised when trials come. It's normal and it's okay to not be okay. So I'm going to say that again. Do not be surprised when trials come. What the heck are trials come? What the heck? What's happening? What did I do wrong? Everyone does that. It's okay. Don't worry. That's why he wrote this verse. This is a Bible verse. Don't be... He knew you'd be surprised, so just don't be surprised. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Um, don't be surprised when life gets hard. Don't be surprised when you're persecuted for your faith. Don't be surprised when you're lied to by the enemy. Don't be surprised. It is normal. Everyone in this room is going through it and is going through it and will continue to go through it. It's normal and it's okay to not be okay. Um, so that Bible verse is 1 Peter 4.12. Dear friends, I like that, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. What is this strange thing, that ha what is this strange thing that's happening to me? A trial. It's not strange. It is not strange. Uh, yeah. You're not alone. You're not weird. You haven't done anything wrong. And this is how life is sometimes. You're not alone. Everyone thinks that. I'm alone. I'm the only one going to this. No, you're not. You're not weird. You think you're the only person that's gone through it in human history. You're not. You're the seventh, seven billionth. Um, probably more, actually. Um, you haven't done anything wrong and life is just like this sometimes. Um, welcome home. You're allowed and you're encouraged to be here. This is church. This is true spiritual family. If you are hurting, you are allowed to be here. This is a safe place for you. No one has any expectation over you. People crumble under expectation and pressure. They don't actually be themselves. It's about being, being yourself. Um, and Jesus will meet you where you're at because he designed you like that. Um, so, Jesus. Remember this guy, Jimmy? What was his response when he, when he woke up? He's going to die. What the heck's wrong with me? Oh, frick. Oh, oh, my gosh, I'm dying. Don't be surprised, Jimmy. It's just chicken pox. <laughs> that makes sense? So we can, do, we can pull a Jimmy sometimes. You guys know what I'm saying? We think we're dying when we just have a very normal disease. It's all right. You'll be okay. Have a bath and whatever that stuff is and you'll be sweet. Just don't scratch it, it gets infected. Yeah. Anyway, get enough point. Um, Jesus. So here's what happened to me, if you guys want to know. On the last night of teaching night, um, I interviewed Jess Bath and I spoke about uh, what faith looks like and all that sort of stuff. I was, I don't know if some of, you, some of you guys were there. When I walked in, you might even remember me saying it's not on the recording, but I remember saying it. I walked in and there was only like 10 people there. It was a super quiet night. And I had previously said on teaching night, oh, it doesn't matter who shows up, I don't care about the numbers, whatever Jesus brings is fine. That is a true concept which I would like to believe, but I don't actually believe it because when I walked in that night and I saw only 10 people were there, it actually got to me. I was like, frick, man. And I actually said out loud, maybe teaching night is done for this season. I said that. I didn't want that to happen, but I said that. Does anyone remember me saying that? 
I literally did say, yeah, I did say that. Um, and so what happened was I did, the, I did the talk, I felt super off the whole time and I was driving home, Newport to Freshwater, it's a freaking long drive. Um, and I was just, I was like, what is happening? Like, I just felt like I was like crumbling on the inside, it was weird. But my normal response was, it's okay, Jesus, it's okay, Jesus, it's okay, Jesus, faith, 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 like uh, raising my shield and using it as a weapon. Um, it's actually not really a weapon, it's a, it's a defensive thing. Um, anyway, yeah, that's probably where I went wrong. <laughs> um, anyway, I started to just like feel super overwhelmed in the car driving home, but I was like, I just responded the way I normally do with my own energy. That makes sense? All devils come after me, fight, fight, fight with my own energy. Do you know what happens if you do that? Eventually you get tired. Eventually you burn out and eventually you crash because your check engine light was flashing but you kept ignoring it with the faith band-aid. You guys know what I'm saying? <laughs> you suppress it actually. It's still there. But you didn't acknowledge it. God's trying to get me to acknowledge it and I'm going, no, no, God, I got this. Faith, faith, faith. He's like, you, you will crash. <laughs> you will crash. And then I went through 10 months of healing. 10 months, that's a long time. I, it's, I wish I had just listened to him. Do you guys know what I'm saying? It would have saved me a lot of time. Anyway, um, so I just started to believe some lies. I was like, teaching nights off, my ministry is coming to an end. Like, why aren't people enjoying it? Why aren't people coming? Just stupid things. Not stuff I would normally never believe, but for some reason I was just believing it. Um, yeah, so I resisted for a few weeks and then I ran out of energy. So I'm going to draw me now. Um, yeah, this will be good. Um, so this is me, and this is this is what I was doing in the spirit. Um, I was trying. So that's a muscle there, if you guys. Know. <laughs> yeah, I don't have huge muscles, so it's just a small one. <laughs> um, I, this is my. Let's just go. Faith. Yeah. So lies would come in, actually. Purple is like the enemy, yeah? Lies would come in and I would go, no, no, I got this, I got this, I'm strong, I'm fine in myself, I'm strong, I can handle this. Faith muscle. And what was actually happening was, when you, this, is, this is called religion, and religion kills you, okay? Slowly from the inside out. I was, I'm sure if you guys can see, sorry if you can't, um, but religion is actually storing up death. Storing up death, storing up death. So you're working, you're working, you're working. It's not happening. You're getting frustrated, you're getting overwhelmed, you're getting tired, you're getting drained, but you're not acknowledging it because you're in religion and you're a strong person with a strong mindset. But you're just storing up death, storing up death, storing up death. Lies keep coming. I'm strong, I'm strong, storing up death. And then all of a sudden, this is too much for me to handle. I cannot handle it. It's, it's actually, when it was down here, it was fine. I could handle that, it was easy. When it got to this point, I was like, I actually can't handle that any longer. It's too painful. And so I just went, Ugh, and just like, there's just this moment of just like, I give up. It's too hard. And then what happened was all the beliefs that I actually had in my heart, well, I'll show you what that was like. See, my beliefs were in here, right? It's my, it's my heart. Um, <laughs> my beliefs were in there. And they would, sometimes they would try and come up to my mind and go, did you know that you actually believe this lie about God? And I go, no, I don't. Faith, 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 strong, strong, strong. And then as the, the second that I was no longer strong 
and death overwhelmed me because I stored it up for myself, then reaped the harvest of, what, of the seeds that I sowed, my beliefs actually came out. The real stuff came out. Does that make sense? Sometimes when you go through pain, it's good because you see your actual state of your heart. Otherwise, you can trick yourself into thinking you're in one state and actually you're in another. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because we just, we want to stay in this like strong faith, uh, like mindset. But of course you do. There's so much good emotion that comes with that, being strong mentally. But your beliefs will eventually overpower your, your ability to think that you're believing in something. Does that make sense? Your heart is deeper than your mind. Your heart is who you actually are, what you actually think. Does that make sense? So beliefs that I believed that, I didn't know I believed, but they were there. Stuff like, I get really frustrated that God doesn't just show himself. That's a belief that I had. It's a belief that I had. You can try and coach me out of that if you want, but it's there. So what am I going to do about it? That's the question. That makes sense? So the, 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 the way I would have avoided this death overload here is if I actually went, no, how do I actually feel about this topic about God? What do I actually think? Make sense? Yeah. Cool. How's my second drawing? Better than the first, yeah? See, I'm improving already. Thanks, Jesus. Um, okay. Yeah, so basically it sent me into a massive spiral and I started questioning everything. I'm talking everything. So this is, you, you got to just try and picture where I'm at, right? I've just done 10 months of teaching night, frothing on Jesus. Like I still agree with all the stuff that I, most of the stuff that I taught, right? And then all of a sudden I'm in this spiral and people that I was teaching are now teaching me. It's humbling. It is a hard process to go through. Um, it was difficult. Um, I was wondering if God was real and I could not escape this idea that if I can't see him, then I'm just not going to accept any other possible thing from him. That makes sense? That's what I actually believe anyway. Um, I was so desperate to hear from God or see a true sign just so I could shut up the lie that was in my head that he wasn't real. Um, that thought was very, very difficult for me to process because we, the truth is we get very attached to our belief systems and as soon as someone starts to threaten your belief system, no matter what it is, could be to do with God, could be not to do with God, you feel like your box is being rattled. That makes sense? That's why sometimes it's painful to hear someone like an, an atheist or something like that say, oh, this is the reason why God is not real, evolution is real, and you believe all this stuff. It is painful in the mind to process because we attach ourselves to our belief systems and we find comfort in how we view the world. Don't make me try and view the world another way because I found comfort in this. See, God, but the thing is, God will actually shake you up too because what we do is we, we section this little portion of our belief system and we go... Um, we go, this is how God is. And God's actually a full 360. And we're going, no, just this little 90 degree section here. That's this is how God is. But God will come in and go, Dude, I'm over here. And you're going, no, 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 I don't like that because it, th th this little box that I've set for myself, it keeps me comfortable. Make sense? It's painful to process, but you just need to be okay with acknowledging I have some stuff wrong. I'm not perfect and I'm always learning. If you keep yourself in that place, you will literally avoid so much pain in your life. So, so, so much pain. Because you're not getting real comfort. Real comfort comes from the comforter. His name is Holy Spirit. 
right? Fake comfort is I've got my own little box of how life works and everything has to fit in here. Or what happens when something doesn't fit in there? You freak out and you run away and you go, no, no, it doesn't mean, it's not true, it's not true. Well, it happened, so how are you going to process that? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so it drained me, it stole my peace, and I started to become a bit depressed and hopeless. Um, perhaps you could not tell from the outside that I was in this state, but I was genuinely finding life very difficult. Um, so because I had no energy, I cancelled teaching night. Um, like I said before, it was too painful, the idea of like, I, there's no way I could have, no, no, no possible way I could have done teaching night. Whereas a week earlier, I was fine. <laughs> so weird. Um, th this is why I wanted to, when I came back to teaching night, try again, right? Round two, do it with the church. Do it with some people over me, looking over me going, hey, Nate, don't go down that path again. Because I didn't know I was walking down that path until it was too late, right? You need people to speak into your life. You need people that, that you can trust, that can call you out and stuff that's not right. Um, yeah, so um, basically I went to survival mode and all I did was stuff that I had to do, like go to work, cook food and sleep. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. Um, so I tried to reach out to people for help, but I found it very difficult. Um, first of all, because like I said, I, I was the one teaching and now I have to be taught by the people that I was just teaching. That's just a pride thing that you just need to get over. Um, I was wrong in thinking that way. Um, but here's the thing, this is the most frustrating thing. Everyone that I spoke to and said, guys, I'm at a really crap place, they all told me, go and seek God. And I was like, no, that is the last thing I want to do. It's the right answer, don't get me wrong, it is the right answer. I perceived it wrongly back then I, as something I needed to, to do. But I was like, to be honest, I don't want to go and seek God. Because if I go and seek God, I know myself, I'm going to start trying again. And I'll think that He should show up because I've tried X amount. And when he doesn't show up, I'll get disappointed again and my heart cannot handle that. So I'm not going to even try. It's just self-defense, you know what I'm saying? Um, this is all the stuff he showed me in my healing process, by the way. I had no idea what was going on the actual time. He goes, Nate, this is how you think, this is how you believe, this is what you actually do. And I was like, dang, help me. Um, but then again, some people that I did reach out to were actually super supportive and very encouraging. And they genuinely listened to me and just like spurred me on. And they even thanked me for being vulnerable. And so one time I was hanging out with Jason and Iggy uh, down at DY, and this is when I was in like peak bad state. And they, they were just like frothing, talking about Jesus. And I was like, I don't really want to be here. I don't want to talk about Jesus. Don't ask me about Jesus. I don't want to talk about Jesus. Anything but Jesus, please, please, please. I don't even know why I went, but I just went. Um, and uh, then when they asked me what was going on, I was like, I'm just going to tell you. And I was just like, look, to be honest, I'm in this crap season. Like, I don't really feel God. Like, I'm lost. I just feel like I'm believing lies. I don't really know what's going on. And they, what they did was so awesome. They, this blessed me so much and this, like, gave me so much grace to keep on walking this way. They just sat there. They listened. And they just said, dude, thank you so much for being vulnerable. Thank you so much for being vulnerable. And what it did was it, I think it imparted me this grace in the spirit. I don't really know how all that stuff works sometimes, but it did. Something definitely switched in my heart then to just be like, it's okay. It's okay. I can, be, I can tell anyone this. Who cares what they're thinking? Yeah. And it, it gave me this ability to just go, hey, I'm hurting right now. Like, it's very hard for me right now. And I didn't care. In fact, so there was people in my life that I'm super good friends with 
that I didn't necessarily agree with theologically and whatever. Um, we're still good friends, but it was like difficult to relate to sometimes. And one of the main things that I had in my heart, which was, which was a lie that I believed, was that I need to start manifesting fruit so that they can see that I'm right. Then they'll pick my fruit, taste it and go, yeah, I need your theology. It's, it's pride. It's death. It's horrible. But I was thinking that. And so what this vulnerability thing allowed me to do was go, who, who cares if he sees that, that what I believed led me to this place? Who cares? We're friends. Are we brothers? Are we a family? Where does this co competitive thing come in? It's crap. It just, it made things so much easier. So I want to like impart that same grace to you guys tonight. If you are in pain, be vulnerable, be vulnerable. Tell someone what's actually going on. Like use the actual words that you're thinking in your heart and potentially even if that's like swearing, just say it. Like just be real. Just say what you're actually thinking. You can never progress until you're honest with yourself. You know what I'm saying? You'll be surprised how much people support you. People love, in our culture, we really highly value authenticity. When people are just themselves, even if it's wrong and they're in pain and they're saying all the wrong things, we go, dude, thank you so much for just saying what you actually think. Most people are way too scared to do that. Thanks for being brave. <laughs> it's encouraging, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. It is genuinely okay that you're not okay. And thanks for being brave and sharing if you do decide to share after this um, in your life. So what happened was, um, do you guys remember when Gospel House came? to? Yes. Uh, that was fun. That was so cool. So that was right when I was in my peak. Bad times. Um, uh, and they helped me, which was good. And Charlie, the guy from Gospel House that kind of leads it, he, he started telling this story one time about how he went to prison for the, he got arrested nine times in a year and the ninth time they just sent him to prison because it's like, come on bro, you, you're not getting it. Um, so he went to prison and he, 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 he wasn't a Christian um, at that point, but God or something, his thoughts or something like that told him, how about you just get real with your life and say what's actually going on? So he started to do this practice where he got out a piece of paper and a pen and he wrote sentence, which is, how am I feeling right now? I just wrote it straight out. And then once he finished writing that out, new paragraph, wrote the question, why? And then he would try and answer that. I'm feeling this, 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 and this. Why? Well, I think it's because this, is this, and this. Why? Well, it's because I, I feel like my dad told me and da, 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 da. Why? Find the actual root, because the why will just keep driving deeper, deeper into your heart until you actually find the root of it. So I did this, and I have kept it on my phone since then, and I go back over it every now and then, because I'm obviously in a much better place now. So something, God did some cool healing stuff. Um, I'll talk about that eventually. Um, but I'm going to read it out to you, because I think it'll just impart this like vulnerability to you guys. Just be real with yourselves. Um, so this is me in, I think it's November 2017, so two months after that last teaching night. Um, um, so just, just this, is, this is me talking to me, but it's just me being raw. Make sense? I'm just, I'm not, no filter on it. It's just whatever I feel. So this is what I wrote. Okay. Why don't I go back to uh, walking how I used to by faith? Because I did it wrong. The further I walk in that stuff, the more hurt I accumulate in my heart. 
I'm overwhelmed by just not being sure if I'm doing it right or something. I'm never sure, I'm constantly guessing and reevaluating and trying again and it is draining. I'm living with lots of maybes and it's draining. I need to know. I feel like the only way I can know is if I hear from God himself. I want to strip it back and start again and do it properly. Why? Because if I go back that same way without fixing my heart issues, it will only be a matter of time before I end up being hurt again and I'm sick of that. Why? Because it brings this draining, cloudy pain and I'm hurt and I don't know how to fix it. My thoughts are clouded because the faith rock that I was standing on is broken. Why? Probably because I was never meant to stand on that rock in the first place. And maybe I learned to after, firstly, all the fruit it brought me two years ago. And secondly, after all the testimonies of God's epicness that I hear and faith being the way. Why? Because I want to have a life like that. I feel like I should be able to because others, had it, because others have had it apparently. I feel like that's what my heart is designed for. Lots of wow and constant epic moments. Life outside of that feels not like life and feels boring. Why? I guess because I have this mindset that I'm only here once. So why can't I be the one who experiences all the amazing possibilities of God? That's what my heart is crying for and will be discontent until I start seeing at least something. I don't want to lower my expectation either because firstly, that doesn't feel right. And secondly, I feel like God wants me to expect big things of Him. I want a huge experience of God that only He could give. Why? Because I believe it's possible and I shouldn't have to put in all this effort to get it. I don't want to put in effort because what if it doesn't work and I get disappointed again? My heart will hurt too much and I'll be discouraged and directionless again. All I can handle is putting my request out there and then relinquishing all responsibility of myself and letting him just do it. Why? Because then it would encourage me and heal my heart, in brackets, I think, and would show me what everything through grace and not by works looks like. I was probably too dependent on my own works before and that's likely part of the reason I got hurt. I wouldn't say it, but I would probably be expecting something for all the effort I've put in. Feels kind of like now I've worked for months to then not get paid. I know it doesn't work like that in the spirit. I'm just not totally sure how to pursue these things without that kind of heart. Why? Because maybe it seems kind of intuitive or like that there's so many overwhelming mental paths to take that I don't know which way to go. Why? Because it's just not clear. I need someone to show me the way. All I can do now is put my request out, keep myself soft and humble and free from sin and wait for God's response. That's it. So that's me from a different season in my life. I can't even almost relate to some of the stuff that I was thinking then. Um, but I learned so much about myself just by doing that simple process. Why do you do the things you do, Nate? Why, why, why? Actually answer the damn question. What is driving you? Um, it's a good question. What is driving you? Um, so you can hear my heart in that. I'm just hurting. It hurt a lot and the pain was very blinding and very overwhelming. It's all I could think of for months. Now, I'll tell you a funny story is um, I went to the Walker's house for Thanksgiving. So Amy used to come to teaching night a lot. She loved it. Um, and she got her life changed from teaching night, which is pretty freaking cool. And then they had this like Thanksgiving thing because their family is American. <laughs> so they celebrate Thanksgiving every no November, yeah? yeah? Yeah, cool. I'm not very American, so. Um, I was sitting at this Thanksgiving dinner, right? And this was in my peak bad state. I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, I had Amy sitting across from me, Justin and Luke, her brothers, both talking to me. And they were, they were, I was going like, I'm just in such a bad spot right now spiritually. And they were preaching all these things to me like, Nate, you don't know what you've just done. You've changed my life with teaching that. You, look what you did. Like God has used you so powerfully. And I'm going, 
what? Like, this is how I feel, right? On the inside, I'm going, are, are you sure you've got the right person? Because I can't even remember what that feels like, that I was that person. It feels like you're talking about someone else. I feel like I'm an old person with memory loss and you're trying to recall my life. And I'm like, maybe <laughs> I did that at one point. I don't remember though. And it was just this weird experience because you emotionally, we don't have good memory emotionally. When, you, when you're in a good season, you cannot remember what it's like being in a bad season and vice versa. It's difficult. And so emotionally, they were like, but Nath, this, truth, truth, truth. They were just encouraging me so much. And I was like, I can barely receive what you're saying. Barely. Like, it was so strange. Um, and then, and then um, I also met up with Jess Bath later. And I was like, messaged her. I was like, can we grab coffee? I'd love to chat. Because she'd just come back from Africa and had her life transformed. And I was like, because I was kind of the one that helped her when she was in a crap spot. And I was like, I know she's in a good spot now. Maybe I can reach out to her and she can help me. So it was like this vice versa thing, group one to group two kind of vibes. And, um, and she did. And she just like blessed me so much. She was just like, she sent me all these prayers that she was praying for me. And I was just like, I can't even handle what's going on right now. Like, this is just crazy. Um, it was just weird. It's kind of cool to see how the kingdom of God works. Like sometimes you're in a crap season so the kingdom of God is designed so that people can come around you and help you and lift you back up. That makes sense? Going through stuff is hard. Going through stuff by yourself sucks so much worse. Even if you just have someone to just to talk to and listen to, they don't have to fix your problems. Most of the problems that we have that are this heavy are not that fixable anyway. They're just, they can be sometimes, but it usually requires a miracle. Um, Jesus. Um... So I'm going to leave my story there for now. So you're not going to know how I actually got healed. Um, so you're going to have to come back next week. Sorry. Um, that's how we do it. But like I said, we're taking it slow. Really, really slow. The point from tonight is not how to get healed by Nath. You know what I'm saying? It's not, that's not the point of this talk. point of this talk is don't be surprised when you're going through hard times. Don't be surprised when you're going through trials. Um, I was surprised that I was going through a trial and that made it so much worse. Um, now, obviously a lot has happened since then, otherwise I would not be sitting on this stool. Um, I couldn't, but we'll get there. Next couple of weeks, we'll get there. Um, okay, yeah, Jesus. Question. Yes, Jenny. Is time <laughs> Possibly, we'll see how we go. I'm not sure yet. Depends how we want this right night to run. Um, but thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Any questions so far, by the way? Any, anything pressing on your heart that you want to talk about? It's an open ground. You can say whatever you want. Um, all right, I'll just keep going then. Um, something that was very important for me was to acknowledge that it was okay that I was feeling that, sorry, that it was okay that I was feeling what I was feeling. Because the worst thing is, you're feeling what you're feeling and you judge yourself for feeling that way. Oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way because I'm a Christian and I prayed for this person for this issue two months ago and now they're going to see me going through the same thing and I'm a hypocrite and uh, Nightmare. <laughs> That's an absolute nightmare. And doing that by yourself. So going through a trial, judging yourself for it and doing it by yourself. That is how Satan attacks you. Isolation, judgment, guilt, accusation. 
vulnerability and community will break so much of that stuff off you. And you just being yourself and being okay with the fact that you're not okay right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, okay, no one wants to be not okay. No one does. Everyone wants to be okay all the time. That's, that's good. You should want that. Um, but when you're not okay, it's definitely an opportunity for growth. It's definitely, I grew so much through that season and I couldn't have done it unless I went through that. Not that I'm saying God afflicted me with the worst season of my life, but he definitely used it and he will use your season as well. I'll talk more about that next week, I think. Um, basically, I had reached the end of the good fruit um, in the season that I was in at the time that I was going to produce. And God was like, no, we've got to prune you. Prune you right back to the vine. Who's the vine again? Who's the vine? Jesus. So God goes, oh, he's not producing fruit. Got to cut him back to Jesus. Cuts you back down. It's actually a loving thing. It hurts, but he does it so that you can start producing fruit again. And fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, and a couple of other ones that I'm forgetting. Faithfulness. Thanks, Jules. That's the one I always forget. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so sometimes, sometimes your trial is God pruning you. And I think I'm going to talk more about that, ne that next week. Um, it's actually a good thing. Um, yeah. I had some genuine thought patterns and beliefs that were in my heart and I couldn't shrug them off and suppress them. I have to actually walk through them. Nate, why do you believe that about God? I go, I don't know. Cool, well then how about you ask God who knows everything? <laughs> it's actually very simple. Just ask Him. And He goes, all right, I'll tell you. And then He tells you. That's how I got healed, by the way. That's a shortcut, really. Ask God. <laughs> Jesus. So what I did was I took the pressure off myself. I felt what I felt. I stopped stressing and I stopped desperately begging for answers and decided to listen to the still, quiet voice of God in my own way. So you might have your own way of listening to God in His still, quiet voice, but I got my way. You guys know what I'm saying? You're going to have your own way of how you connect with God because you are your own person. Just because Dan Moller and Todd White go into their bedroom and sing and praise uh, with the guitar does not mean that you have to go learn guitar and then get your own bedroom and then go and do the same thing. <laughs> you can do whatever the heck you want. Just do it with God. Anyway, talk more about that later. I've got lots of stuff I want to talk about. Jesus King. Um, and so that's what I want to say to you guys tonight. You're in tough places right now, but it's okay to not be okay. Nothing strange is happening to you. You're feeling resistance. That's a key word. You're feeling resistance, not because you're weird or you're the only one going through this, but because the kingdom of darkness is resisting your faith. So the Bible verse says we have overcome the world and we do this by our faith. It's in 1 John 4 or 5, I think. We, we overcome the world by our faith. And so the kingdom of darkness is resisting you. That's it. That's where the trial comes from. Um, it's time to rid yourself of lies because you cannot connect with God if you don't have the truth of God in your heart. You know what I'm saying? Like you could say, yeah, I worship God, and what you think that means could be something that's totally whack. So go and figure out what the actual God is like. And he's like Jesus, by the way. Um, go read the Gospels, and you'll see. Um, if, you're not, if you're not happy with it, um, sorry, wait, I said that wrong. Um, God's got you. 
He's with you and his heart is always to walk with you through this season into the next season of glory. I'm sorry if I helped perpetuate a culture with teaching that number one that was only talking about victory in such a way that it failed to equip you for the hard times in life that made you feel separated and lonely. You should never feel that way. And I'm sorry if I perpetuated a culture of that that says, oh, I should be feeling good and godly and holy and joyful all the time. I, I want you to feel that. You just might not be. So I'm sorry if there's a culture of that. We shouldn't have that. It should be okay to say anything in this room. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you're always welcomed and encouraged to be here no matter where you're at in life with God. If you're just checking out this whole Christianity thing, cool, check it out. That's what I would do if I was you. Check it out and just say, hey, if it's real, I'm sure I'll, God will show himself if I just keep myself here and keep myself humble and sure, why not? Um, God is not evil, God is good and his heart is to help you more than you could know. Your first step tonight in partnering with his plan for you is to stop believing lies that it's shameful to be going through a trial. It's not. It's not. Everyone in this room has gone through it. Therefore, it cannot be shameful. It's just normal. <laughs> You're not the odd one out. Um, Jesus. So, how normal is it to go through a trial? Let me just quickly wrap up this talk by showing you um, that even in the middle of the most glorious message in existence, which is the gospel, it is the most glorious message of all time, in the New Testament, as they're writing the letters and they're writing all these different things, they cannot help but in the very middle of the gospel, over and over and over again, mention suffering. Have you guys noticed that? <laughs> Those are the verses that you don't like reading because we don't like talking about it. God goes, uh, I can get that you don't like talking about it. You kind of have to. It will hurt you more that you don't talk about it. That's why I put it in there, to serve you. So don't skip over those verses. Just ask God what he means by them. He will tell you. Um, so the writers of the New Testament could not possibly finish the story of the gospel without talking about suffering. How crazy is that? They can't do it. Otherwise they would have. No one wants to write or talk about suffering. No one does. Paul writes about it over and over again. He's in jail half the time. He's writing his letters. <laughs> He's in jail, hungry, in a dark room. He's like, this is the most glorious thing of all time. <laughs> How? How do they do that? <laughs> Ask God. He'll take you there too. Paul's just a guy. Um, all right, how's this? Romans uh, 5, 3 to 5. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. What I want that to say is, and we rejoice in our hope, because hope is just awesome and I love hope, but it doesn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> we rejoice in our sufferings. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I want to believe that. I want to get beaten like the, the guys did in Acts and walk out dancing, but I won't. If you beat me right now, I'm going to be pretty upset. <laughs> but see, I'm just being real. Do you guys know what I'm saying? I want to believe like they did. I don't. Not yet. I'm getting there though. Day by day renewed. Yeah? 2 Corinthians 4. Um, Jesus. Um, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our, our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Yes. Okay. Philippians 1.29. 
for it has been granted to you for the... I don't get these verses. That's why it's funny. For it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ that you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. It's been granted to you. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want it, God. (laughs) I wish it just said, it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ that you should not only believe in him, but also believe in him. (laughs) That's all I want. Just stop it there, Paul. Why why keep writing? Um, Nah, he had to. Romans 8, 16 to 17. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Romans 8 is the most hectic chapter in the Bible. And He cannot get through it without talking about suffering. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Wow, yes, we're children of God. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for telling us that. And if children, then then heirs. Wow, we're heirs as well. Oh my gosh, we inherit everything with Christ. And, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Ah, oh, Paul. I like the heirs and the children and the God and the love. <laughs> Why you do this to me, Paul? <laughs> this one's stupid. Um, <laughs> James 1, 2-4. Count it all joy, my brothers, <laughs> when you face trials of various kinds. And not just one kind, but various kinds. All the kinds of all the kinds of trials and troubles you can go through. Paul goes, count it all joy. Uh, I don't know how to do that, uh, James. <laughs> For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. At least that one finished well. I like how it finished. Um, yeah, it does. It does. Yes, 100%. It's, it's comforting, isn't it? It's good to know. Um, John 16, 33. In the world, you, this is Jesus speaking, actually. So it's not just Paul and those guys. In the world, you will have tribulation. Jesus, can't you just change it to be like, you might have tribulation if you do bad things, like something like that? No. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart. If you're, in, if you're in trial right now, take heart. Like I mean something different to everyone here. In your own way, take heart. I love when Jesus says that. He goes, take heart and don't lose faith. Just take heart. Just kind of like, I don't know what it even means. What the fuck does it mean, take heart? I don't know, but I just know what it means. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's like spiritual language. Um, 2 Timothy 3.12 Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus sounds great will be persecuted. Persecuted. Um, (laughs) um, It said all there as well. Everyone that wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, yeah, you will be persecuted. It's not like you might. Um, 1 Peter 4, 12 to 13. This is the one I read out before. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Indeed, be very glad... For these trials make you partners with Christ in His suffering so that, you will be, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing His glory when all is revealed, when it is revealed to all the world. And the last one, I like this one because it's kind of living on, a, living on a high note. 1 Peter 5.10 And after you have suffered for a little while, I like that, little while, not a long time, please, God. <laughs> after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, yes, 
who has called you, yes, to his eternal glory, yes, in Christ, will himself, will, not might, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. So he's not going to leave you in your trial. I know I said it's okay to not be okay, but at the same time, it's also not okay to, be o- to not be okay. Does that make sense? God's like, I don't want you to be there. I want you out of it. But the fact that you're there and you're feeling what you're feeling, it's okay. You can come talk to me about it. Does that make sense? It's uh, kind of contradictory. but Well, what I kind of mean is it's okay that you're feeling what you're feeling, but at the same time, it's not okay that you're there because... No one wants to be there. God doesn't want you to be there. You don't want to be there. So in the grand sense of the whole grand picture of things, God wants to get you out of there, Jenny. Make sense? So in that sense, it's okay, but it's also not okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I get it. Thanks, Jenny. I love your questions. So cool. I guess you get to ask them. It's great. That, you, know, you know that's how you grow with God? Just ask questions. I ask about 27 questions a day on average. <laughs> Literally. Like, what? Yeah, legit. I, I hit a roadblock every day with God and I go, God, can you teach me that file and move on? And then three months later, he teaches me it. Or like a week later or the next day, he teaches me it. Or gives me a dream or something like that. You just ask God. He teaches you. It's awesome. Um, it's real life. Um, so just to wrap up, you will be okay. You will be okay. It's all right. Um, you are not alone as this room can testify to. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's nothing to be ashamed of. You are not being a bad representative of Jesus just because you're hurting. You are not being a bad representative of Jesus just because you are hurting. Jesus hurt. So, so you're allowed to hurt as well. Jesus wept. Did you know that? You don't have to hold back the tears because it's macho and masculine. You can just let them out. They come from God sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they don't, but sometimes they do. Um, yeah. God's not ashamed because you're in pain. God's not ashamed because you're not manifesting the joy that you once did. He's not, he's not, he just wants to grow with you. He just wants to be with you. He just wants you to grow to the next thing in life. He just wants you to experience full life, the life of his son. Um, don't feel guilty. Don't feel shame. Embrace the process of dealing with your pain. Acknowledge it's going to be a process. Acknowledge it's going to take time. Acknowledge it might be even painful to dig into this stuff because some of it's very close to our heart, especially relational stuff. Um, might be hard, but it's totally worth it because then you get free at the end. <laughs> and freedom is good. Um, I'm sure you know that already though. Um, Jesus wants to help you. He wants to connect with you. He's not ashamed of you. He loves you. How much do you not think about that stuff when you're going through a trial? And you just need someone to just tell you it sometimes. Dude, don't you remember that Jesus loves you? Do you remember he put himself on a cross willingly and joyfully so just so he could be with you? Don't you remember that's a historical fact that actually happened? It's settled. It's done. He loves you. Yes, life is hard. Yes, it sucks right now. Yes, you're confused. I get that. But Jesus loves you. You'll be okay. You have him. He chose you. Huh? He chose you for that's it. I love that. It's beautiful. Preach it, Jenny. Um, so cool. It is very good that you're listening to this talk if you're in pain right now. It is very good that you're listening. Just make sure you receive it into a soft heart. 
Because what people do when they're in pain is they harden their hearts because they're bitter and frustrated at themselves, at life, at their mum, at their dad, at God especially. And then you cannot reach them. It's not actually possible. <laughs> because everyone needs to, everyone has always the ability to keep themselves humble. You can make yourself proud at any moment. You can make yourself humble at any moment. So keep yourself humble and learn. Always learning, always growing, always moving forward. Even if it feels like you're moving backwards, always growing, being renewed day by day. Keep yourself humble. Soft hearts, guys, very soft hearts. If you keep, if you keep a soft heart, God can say anything to you. His word goes into your heart and he goes, oh, I can live here because it's soft and it's, it's the good soil. I can plant my word in this person's heart. And if it's planted, he'll grow it too. Sometimes it takes a bit of time to grow things, but it's there. Some of you have seeds in your heart right now that have been sown years ago that they're just about to come into fruition. Just about to poke through the surface and go, I'm a tree. <laughs> you guys know what I'm saying? So sometimes you just got to hold on. Just keep your heart in that gentle place. Don't get mad at God. You know it's not His fault. I know you want to be mad at someone. It kind of feels good in a fleshly way to be mad at someone. Be mad at your dad. I can't believe he spoke to me like that. I can't believe he raised me like that. Oh my gosh, look at the problems I have now. It's not his fault. Just cruise. You guys know what I'm saying? Soft hearts. Just you and God. God and you, you and God, God and you. Soft hearts. Let him speak to you. He can say anything to you if you have a soft heart. Keep it soft. Keep it humble. Teachable. Um, it is absolutely key that you do that if you want to get out of your pain. Absolutely key. Not, God will never force himself on anyone. Never. It's, he's a gentleman. He likes to guide people through things that actually want to be guided. <laughs> he does not force himself on anyone. So you do actually need to partner with his process of healing by keeping yourself humble. Um, Jesus. Pain has a way of blinding people. They start acting very, very strange. Um, you'll actually need to choose to be humble. Hurting people will hurt other people. They won't even agree that they should do that. They just will because they're hurt and they're bitter. They're proud and they cannot receive the kingdom of God in any format because they're proud and they're hardened and they're bitter. And eventually they'll even hurt themselves way more for doing that because bitter, bitterness has a way of just coming back to eat and eating you up you think you, you think you're being uh like you think you're in the right by not forgiving someone but if you don't forgive them then you become bitter and you hurt yourself and it comes to back to bite you you're trying to hurt them and it ends up hurting you <laughs> um the pain that you're feeling wants to own you and define you but we won't let it because as paul says we are those who are beat down but not destroyed. So you can get beat down in life. Paul did get beat down in life. Jesus did get beat down. But you're not destroyed. They can't destroy you. They cannot own you. Nothing can own you that you don't let. Does that make sense? Your pain will try and own you, but don't let it. Um, accept this invitation in faith that God is real and that He loves you. Sometimes that's all you need to be aware of, that God is real and that He loves you. Um, sometimes that's enough to get you through the toughest seasons in all of life. Um, 
Yeah. Any questions? Jesus? No questions whatsoever? You can say anything. It's safe. <laughs> um, yes, go Janine. Maybe speak up as well so that people in the recording can hear you. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So true. I, I want to get you out of that pain. I want to help you. And over the years, the Lord's shown me that's probably the worst thing yeah. I could possibly do for that person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because then you try and, you know, I suppose, cut through what God really wants you to do. Yeah. Um, but I was just reflecting on what Iggy and Jason was doing for you. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's just a point for us to really, as a community and as a family, just to think about um, when when you come up against in, uh, anyone in the room who is in pain, it's, I suppose it's just best just to sit there and listen. Yeah. Acknowledge yeah. the grief, acknowledge the pain. Um, but there's that temptation <laughs> to try and pull them out of it. Like you have, yeah. like when you're going through it, um, when people were saying to you, um, I'll just seek God, what was that personally doing to you? Mm. Great question. Something I think a lot about. Like it wasn't um, you? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. It was right what they were saying. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we don't want to be right. <laughs> yeah. We want to be helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was repelling, was it? Like it was. It it was repelling because I think I felt misunderstood, and if you had told me to seek God in a way that honoured who I was rather than tried to force me to be someone that I can't right now, then I would have received it with joy. Which is what I had to figure out by myself. Um, just a spoiler alert for like part of the healing that I had went through. God basically said, you know, you can seek me in any way you want, right? You can play some video games with me and I'll be there. That's exactly what I did. So I just played video games and he just sat with me for months and months and months. And it was the only thing I wanted to do. Is there anything I could do? And it worked. That makes sense? It actually worked. He spoke to me. Because it was, it was actually, I wasn't trying to do something or be something. I was just being me. That's what I wanted to do. Um, in terms of what you said, Janine, though, I think it's a tricky one. And this is why you need wisdom and discernment and you need experience because that's a very tricky place. So if you're trying to comfort someone who's in pain, what I would personally do is I would default to always comfort, listen, encourage, support. That's what I would do first. I wouldn't try and fix anything. Um, but I would not rule that out as a possibility or even on the first session, because that's the thing, God knows their heart and He can say, this is what you need to say to them right now. And so you need to have that relationship with Him that you can do that with. Because to be honest, when I did seek people out for help, I think guys are a little bit more prone towards this than girls are. Girls generally more want to be like heard, supported, encouraged. I know it's not a blanket rule. And guys, often more do want answers to actually figure out what the crap's going on. 
So I wanted both and everyone wants both. Um, but I did actually want an answer. That's the thing. I wanted people to hear me, support me and encourage me, but then I also wanted to know what to do about it. So I wasn't just like, I didn't want someone to go, mm, yeah, that sucks and that's it. Cause it doesn't actually fully empower me to do anything about it. It does mean that you heard me probably. And so I appreciate you putting in the effort to do that, but it doesn't necessarily equip me to know what to do going forward. So this is why you need wisdom, discernment, um, and experience and Holy Spirit's voice, right? So what I would personally do is default to those things, comfort, encourage, support, whatever. Then I would wait for an opportunity for God to say something to them. Because then, and usually it won't happen, you're right, it won't happen in the first session. It'll happen weeks into it, months into it, years into it, whatever. But that, all they need is that one sentence from God at the perfect time. And if you're that person there, that's going to be that for them, that can completely change someone's life. But if you said that exact sentence that they needed to hear in the first session, no way they could receive it. That makes sense? Because God knows the heart. God knows exactly what people need to hear. So I think it's a bit of a, you can't just do one and you can't just do the other. You can't just listen and go, yep, yep, cool. I mean, you never would do that, but you can't also just go, oh, here's the answer, bro, faith, go. It's like, well, what the heck? You don't even understand what my problem is. It's, there's, there's a mix of, of both. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yes, 100%. Because we've all got our own upbringing and we've all got our own different kind of baggage. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, so we need to, um, like you said, we need to listen. 100%. And um, because people tend to want to fix the problem, mm -hmm. you really, really have to hold your tongue. Yeah. You really have to bite your tongue. Yeah. And like you said, have to listen I think it's a silly, I actually think it's a lie that people believe that, oh, this person doesn't get me, so I'm not going to listen to them. Yeah. 
because no one can fully ever get to you. I, I understand that people should try and get you to an extent, but no one can fully ever understand, understand you. You've gone through thousands of days on the earth. You guys know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's, a, that's a story. <laughs> um, to just quickly wrap up, uh, one more thing, Janine, about your question. I think what I was looking for in that time was someone to listen to my heart, listen to where the pain was coming from and go, okay, cool, he's saying this, saying that. Pain's coming from here. So if I say this thing to him, which is the answer, he's gonna probably receive it like this. So basically they would need to go, if I say this thing about go seek God, Nate's probably gonna receive that as a work to do. He doesn't wanna do another work. It's gonna overwhelm him, right? So they should have, in terms of the perfect conversation, <laughs> they should have gone, look, I know you're probably gonna react this way. You're gonna think it's a bit, you're gonna be doing more work. Like that. I'm not saying that, but you do need to go seek God. So that's what I wanted, to be understood, to be heard, to be encouraged, to be supported, and then told what to go do. That makes sense? It's kind of a combination of the two. Yeah. Anyway. But also, I think what what you guys are saying was like have the patience to actually listen, not to try and push them aside or shove them off. You know yeah. what I mean? Hundred percent. Because that's happened to me quite a few times. You know what I mean? But yeah. Like it's so important to just love them where they're at and not mm. judge judge them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't know what they're going through and you don't know what's happening in their real life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, for example, I can't be back and she can't be me. Do you know what I mean? So it's just That's true. where you're at. <laughs> patience, you know what I mean? Yeah, just, just love people. Yeah. Love people. Encourage them, support them, and listen to God's voice. That's my sum up answer. Uh, I might wrap it up there because we've gone for way longer than I thought, but that always happens. Um, so some things never change, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, same time next week. Um, Jesus, bless you guys. Um, any last thoughts? Are we good? Cool. Yeah? Thanks, Jesus. Bless you guys. No worries. Yay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>